July the 14th, it's Bastille Day, and you have tuned into the Domestiques on the National Day of Celebration in France. And how appropriate, as we dive into another edition of the World's Best Cycling Podcast during the 2023 Tour de France. I'm Mike Tomolares. Bonjour to you at home from wherever you're listening. And bonjour also to the one and only Matilda Reynolds. Good morning, team. Morning to everyone, or evening, good night, who everyone who's listening. I feel well, exhausted we after that stage. <laughs> well, we have listeners from all over the world. Lee Hollywood Turner is with us as well. Hollywood, happy July the fourteenth to you. Oh, bang jaw, bang jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got to say, having Terrible. been there for thirty up to thirty years, I've got to say, being in France uh, on the national holiday is really the place to be. Um, having done it for such a long time, the sun is shining, obviously, the uh, the country is in holiday mode, the barbecues are cranked up, uh, the smell of spicy sausages are lofting through the air, and of course, there's a big bike race on. And whether you're, um, you're in the, the tour or not, um, it doesn't matter to the Europeans, but for many, the tour is just a massive sporting event. But for many others, it, it's one big festival. And whether... And I can say it's a party where everybody has a smile on their face. Hollywood, you saw that last year when we caught up in Paris on the final stage. Yeah, it was uh, like it reminded me of an AFL grand final. Walking to <laughs> when I went and watched West Coast Collingwood 18, walking to the game, there was just obviously tens of thousands everywhere, and there was a real buzz, electricity in there. And that was the same with the Tour de France at last stage, which I will be at again. I fly out next. Friday morning at 5.15am and I will be in France next Friday night at 8pm and then uh, I'll be obviously there for Sunday's last day so I can't wait to see it live again. I'm just trying to compare the AFL with the Tour de France. It's like, um, <laughs> well, you're from Sydney. You wouldn't have it. a clue. You, just, you'd have that stupid no, rugby <laughs> game. I haven't got a clue. Okay, well, coming up on the Domestiques today, we'll review stage 12. It was a cracker. And I've received, believe it or not, some mail from listeners. Yes, we have listeners from all over the place. Yes, and they are writing in. True. Uh, We're into the second half of this uh, three-week marathon, and uh, so much has happened already. And we are certain we've only just scraped the surface because there's so much more to come. With the stages into the Alps uh, coming up uh, tonight, followed by the Jura Mountains uh, towards the back end of week three, this edition of the Tour de France is about to step up a gear or two. Before we continue, let me uh, talk about our sponsors. We're grateful for Honan Insurance Group and uh, Black Sheep Cycling Apparel. Okay, stage 12 tills. Uh, It's been contested, 168 kilometres as the tour continues its journey east across the country. It was a bumpy course today, five category climbs all up. There were plenty of attacks and they're saying it was one of the best stages in the last 20 years. Is that how you saw it? I think I heard Hollywood say that. I'd probably need a few more <laughs> experts to back that up. <laughs> uh, but it actually, you know, if I can give any advice to our, particularly our Australian and New Zealand Kiwi listeners, uh, I think because, you know, we have such precious time to watch the Tour de France. And I think what I'd recommend the PSA would be to see who the winner is, but to actually watch the first two hours oh. uh, of oh. last night's stage. It was fantastic. 
filthy. Oh. Like if you wanted to be turned off being a bike racer, that was the stage to watch. It just, it looked, it, it reminded me Hollywood of that Melbourne to Warrnambool that we did and uh, and the break took about oh. 130, 140 K to go just, and you're just willing begging the break to exactly. form just piss off just go oh. and it kept coming back the gc teams when what is what was vindegaard oh. doing just he he looks stressed man he was just popping off the front and attacking and bridging and it was a chaotic stage the first two hours so the break essentially took over 100k 90 kilometers i think it was mm. to finally form and i think uh, you know, you just saw riders going back and forward and I don't know how that sets them up for what is going to be an excruciating weekend of um, of mountains. Yeah, it was unbelievable. You, I, was, I thought I'll watch the start of it until the break settles and then I'm watching it going, fuck, this break is not going and it just kept <laughs> going and coming back and it was attack after attack and I was thinking if I was in that bunch, I'd be going, just fucking let it go because it just took, mm. as you said, I couldn't wait up. I had to go to bed and then... I've been up since uh, 3.30 this morning and I watched the extended highlights on GCN, the half an hour package, and it was so good because I sort of knew the first sort of odd amount of Ks and then it just, it didn't stop. It just kept going and going. It was such a good stage. It was like a classics mm. race. Well, how draining is that, especially for the GC riders? Mm. Chelsea, you said that uh, Vingegaard looks stressed. How draining is that knowing that uh, you've got the Alps to come? Yeah, well, I think they're just, he's not willing to take any risks. So we even saw in the sprint stage, uh, the stage prior, uh, Jasper Philipson obviously took the win, that we saw Vindegaard pretty much for most of that stage up near the front. And Tade Pigacha was actually quite far back. So if there had been an issue, Tade would have been called out. But Vindegaard was there. He's just, he's switched on and he's he's just wanting to make sure that he's not called out at, at any point. But Mike, you spoke about Bastille Day. The way the French were acting, some of the French teams were acting today, you'd think that Bastille Day, uh, you know, was last night's stage. Uh, mm. You had some very weird tactics by AG2R trying to protect a 16th place on GC with Felix Gao. You know, he moved up to 13th place, which was was embarrassing. Um, you know, and then you had FDJ uh, in, in the break and and then also, you know, Kofidis getting another win after 15 years. There goes your sport. There goes your spoiler. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was a fantastic uh, you know stage to see him get up, and I, I love seeing those smaller teams come forward. Uh, compared, like right now, they're doing. Who would have said Kofidis does better than Quickstep at this oh, tour? Definitely. Like you got to think we're halfway through it, and there's only there's a few things that are definite. Like the green jersey is sorted. We know Jasper. Uh, take a miracle or him to crash out for him to lose out he is clearly the most dominant sprinter there's no one close he is untouchable so that's sorted we also know that the new green jersey is putrid we all agree on that that it's no good <laughs> and we also we also agree that Honan is the best insurance company in the world we agree on that <laughs> and then finally we all know that black sheep is a beautiful jersey and a great a great sponsor of uh, supporter of women's and men's cycling and they do great jerseys as approved by me so there's some of the things we definitely know for sure well it was a spanish rider <laughs> jon isagire uh, that won the stage cofidis two stage wins in this tour it, i mean it took them 15 years to win one stage mm. and now they've got two they've bagged two in less than a week what's going on there Hopefully not doping. But Momentum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Momentum, I think. Don't use the D think, word. Uh, Don't use like the D domestics. word. Domestics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great domestics. Yeah. 
um, yeah, no, I think momentum, you know, you start to believe and, and, and I think we see that particularly with sprinters. Once momentum swings their way, they win one, they win 10. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that helps. And they obviously, they did so well to get two riders in the break. Uh, Guillaume Martin was there in the break. And I think that really helped. I think Izaguirre was actually riding for him. And so he was able to attack off the front and then just keep going with it. And Guillaume Martin got a free ride to the finish. So, you know, we questioned the tactics of what was sort of going on behind, even with Ineos. The only thing I can think with Ineos trying to ensure I don't know, as if as if um, Guillaume Martin's going to, you know, break any further down than the mm. top 10 um, or, or Thibaut Pinot. Like these guys, yes, they might gain one or two minutes or three minutes on them on a stage today, but they're going to lose 10, 15 over the next few stages. The only thing I can say with Ineos would be because um, because of the GC riders that they have, they are still looking at a podium finish and possibly doing that to maybe give the GC riders a bit of confidence to say we're here, here's our team, this is what it feels like. And, you know, it does, as a GC rider, it does give you a lot of confidence to when you see a team, your team crowding around you. That's the only thing I can – I'm trying to make up excuses mm. for them because it looks ridiculous as well. Mm, yeah, agree, agree, agree. The um... well, look, we're into uh, into the second week of the tour. Let's just quickly review what we've seen after twelve stages. I'll pose mm. these questions to you. What have we learned as spectators or viewers from the twelve stages that have been held so far? Well, as I said just before, we've learnt that Jasper Philipson is the best sprinter in the world by a mile. Four from four. Well, okay. Well, just on the, Jasper. Well, the only... Oh, yeah, you go, mate. Yep. Well, I was going to just to say, uh, Jasper, okay, he's picked up four-stage win, wins. Does that mean, does his success and domination suggest that the sprinter's uh, stable right now is quite thin at the Tour de France? Or is he just that dominant? Yeah, mm. I would agree with <laughs> well, uh, Lee. I think, I think this, this, this is a... These are the best sprint. No one has sat out. This like yeah. we've even got Pedersen here, um, possibly yes. Michael Matthews, but he's he is not a pure sprinter. A pure, we no. saw Milan come through, you know, in the Giro, but he, you know, he was sort of left field, and that that field was quite weak. But we have seen the very best here. I think what is there they are struggling with so much is because there are so many riders in that top ten. The best sprinters are struggling to get a free a free you know enough space to actually sprint we still haven't seen sam wellsford sprint yet he hasn't even been in the picture um we're seeing brian cockard up there like get out of the way you know (sighs) these aren't the the pure sprinters so and i think what was um great for jasper phillips and yesterday was that matthew vanderpoel wasn't there because we have been saying well he does have the best lead out yesterday he was just the smartest sprinter you know we we dylan grunewagen looked so close but he picked the wrong wheel and um and just couldn't you know he sort of had to slow down and never really got up to speed so yeah, we're seeing the best sprinters. I think Jasper's just the quickest. Yep. What does Caleb Ewan have to do to crack a, a stage victory? I won't pose the question this way. What, what is he doing wrong? What does he have to do to win? Look, I know nothing, right? I, like, about I this, know even but less. <laughs> what, actually, I was watching yesterday actually thinking of Caleb and it's like he's acting so desperate, like he is getting so boxed in. And he is desperate. That's how you've got to race. But he's getting so boxed in and 
some of the riders who are sitting back a little bit, watching what's happening in front of them and then hitting their sprint a little bit later are the ones that are coming top three. Like look at Bauhaus. He's had three or four stages and he's been top three. The last few stages, Caleb's been boxed or, or pushed around. He is a much smaller sprinter than those who are out there. He just needs to come at that sprint slightly later, like Cav did when he got second. If that chain hadn't skipped, if he, had, if he hadn't sort of tried to change his gears whilst he was going over a speed bump, he would have won. Um, and so that's how I see it, see it for Caleb as well, is that he, he almost needs to come at it rather than trying to be on the perfect wheel. And you need a bit of luck as well too. There's always l- yeah. luck in that as well. So he needs a bit of luck. Hey, Hollywood, uh, we know you're a boy fan of uh, Jaco Alula. Ha- are you happy with the way they're travelling? Uh, look, I would have wanted them to win one or two stages with Dylan. And uh, look, I'm... It's just frustrating. They've been so close, multiple top tens. But like, I'm just surprised. Like some of these breaks that are gone. Like yesterday, they weren't entertaining any of them. Any of them. I'm thinking, why wouldn't you just put someone in there and and throw throw the dice and hope they can get to the finish? Like I would have thought last night they would have had someone in there. So it's disappointing that they're on the fastest bike, the giant propel, and they just haven't uh, got a win yet. Mm. <laughs> Well, the GC rankings after stage 12 haven't really changed that much. Uh, Tills, of the top two riders, Pogacar and uh, Vingegaard, who do you think uh, suffered the most going into the Alps from, from the stage today? Oh, I think Jonas, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if he suffered, but he certainly expended the most energy. I didn't really ever see Pogacar. He never, he never touched the wind. He just sat on Jonas the entire time, and Jonas was popping off and 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 bridging across. And yeah, it's just madness. Like, I think when you mm-hmm. when you say when you say Tomo, what have we learned from this tour? I think I think last year was the best ever Tour de France uh, we'd seen in this era where what we're seeing this year is the best course, the best parkour, the best, the best stages is what we're seeing this, this year. So whether that turns into being the best tour de France is yet to be seen, but I think they have done an unbelievable job from making it entertaining to making it safe. It is actually mind blowing the lack of crashes we've seen in this tour de france which is also innate like meaning we just we love it so much more i hate to see crashes um and the best are getting around yeah it's well well, well, yeah well well, the thing is the thing is uh, hollywood uh, there's only nine riders have gone home wow which is a small number after 12 stages definitely like no covid either usually you know last couple of years has been that so none of that like they they got that at the giro so no it's uh like Till said, it's been such a good, well-designed course. Think of those tours where Ineos had the lead and then just rode defensive and it was just so boring. Like these are just the course design and the way it is played out. People questioned it because of the hardness at the start, but it really has it really has delivered every day. Other than a couple of those flat stages, which can be a bit tedious, like the course has been fantastic. It's been really, really, really good. Yeah, and it's going to step up a gear or two, I think. Uh, stage uh, 13, uh, the Tour enters the Alps. Mm. And I've got to say, it's a punishing climb to the summit of the Col Colombier. 17.1 kilometres, the final climb, well, really the only climb, at an average gradient of 7.1%. I think the fireworks will start to explode on Bastille Day. Oh, yes, bang, bang on Bastille um, Day. <laughs> 
Yeah, it just sounds horrific, really. Mm. Like I, yeah, had a look at, we, we didn't really get to touch on that Poudredom uh, stage where Jorgensen, you know, seemed to be winning and then he lost it completely over the 400 metres. But that climb was so, so difficult. I myself have done it on Zwift, so I understand exactly how it feels like. No. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it just sounds very difficult. So I think, I think it's hard to, uh, talk about like the whole tour, obviously, cause we're yet to see how it's going to play out. Mm. But even when we were speaking to Alan Piper, you could hear this sort of tinge in his voice that he's just, you know, it's madness the way these teams and individuals are riding without responsibility, almost without thinking there's another stage coming. Um, they are riding each day, as Hollywood said, like a classics day, um, so yeah, how it's going to play out. I think we're going to see enormous time gaps though, um, this weekend, just hopefully not between the the top two riders. Mm. I was going to say too, also, while I've had a chance to really digest all the kits, if I had to give out awards for this year's kits, I'd probably give the gold medal to Little Trek. I, I think I really like their, um, <clears throat> kit and I like the bike. It looks good. So little trek and i also like what israel's done that's got it reminds me a bit of the old school fdj with you know one red sleeve one blue sleeve so i really like what they have done with their kits and then obviously the worst like bahrain or uh dsm i just and even movie star oh, looks movie a bit star. Insipid. movie star today yeah. the white jersey yeah. and black bibs yeah, there's look, too many white jerseys and it just looks, i keep thinking i'm seeing tade pagacha yeah, it and it's yeah. and it's like Oh, don't like terrible. those, you know. I'm a- I'd be I'd be so annoyed if I was one of their sponsors. But the other thing um, uh, is, uh, yeah, there was also some data on like this has been the fastest and hardest Tour de France uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying now that riders need to GC riders need to be riding seven point five watts per kilo for twenty minutes um, oh, at out. in thirty degree heat My- at altitude. So it is just seven point five. I can't even do three point two on the B grade pacer on Zwift they're doing 7.5 for an hour wow it's just yeah and so yeah it's not just the parkour but the riders themselves are just meeting that as well it's just yeah incredible we don't need Netflix the tour itself yeah. is just a, an amazing Absolutely. show it's at just the so exciting to turn it on like because it's live on GCN from you got the pre-race show where they do they talk and the bus pretend they're the DS then you've got the actual from kilometer one so you see the break go and all try and go and then the highlight package it's just so every day I wake up I've obviously watched the start of it as much as I can and I wake up the first thing I do is watch that half hour highlights package and it is just so enthralling every morning i just can't wait to as soon as i wake up i go oh i wonder what happened so good 100 mm. percent. okay uh, i've got some viewers letters oh uh, this one well, how uh, letters yes, did they yes, write in back? with an envelope mike for you was it an envelope <laughs> in the post <laughs> it, was, it was on uh, fax fax the odd fax machine came, came through on social media oh, wow. um, belinda belinda from brisbane uh, she says, uh, hi, Domestiques. I'm loving the podcast and the variety of guests you have brought to the show. Thoroughly enjoyed listening to Alan Piper. Yeah, Alan was yeah, absolutely he was, brilliant. Thanks, uh, Belinda. He was very yeah, interesting. Thanks. Like I just, I hardly said two words because I was just so interested to what he had to say. Now, this one from Rick uh, from Canberra. Rick says, after following Mark Cavendish for his entire career, he had brought so much enjoyment over the years. I loved his volatile personality and his mongrel attitude when racing, so it came as a major disappointment when Cav crashed out of this tour. 
Sure, Eddie Merckx is perceived as the greatest of all time, but in the modern professional era, it would have been great to see Cav break the Cannibals' record of stage victories. And uh, Rick says, I hope he gets a chance to do it next year. I guess we all do, don't we? Oh. But I don't think it's going to happen. No, you never know. But, like, I don't know about the greatest of all time. Like, he might be the winningest, but being the one mm. who wins the most to the greatest is 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 different, in my opinion. It's, it's like the LeBron, yeah, and, LeBron I- and Michael Jordan debate. It's, it's different. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, I, I, you know, look, I'd say Jonas Vindegaard is, is one of the greatest GC riders, but I'd say Tade Pogacar oh, is one of the greatest all-time definitely. riders. But we're just, I think we keep forgetting what Tade did earlier this year. <laughs> exactly. Like for him, the, the, the value that he added to the classics was was incredible. But, um, you know, another, you, you spoke, Mike, about not many um, riders have pulled out. We saw today, sadly, yeah, um, uh, uh, Jakobsen yep. did not start the stage today. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be going home, Fabio. Um, I actually, you know, that photo of when he crashed, Mm. you know, he had that heavy crash on that, on that parkway and his, his, um, specialized tarmac was split in two. That is actually because a team car had run out, had run over it. Can you confirm Hollywood if that was Jayco or not? Oh, I don't know. You know, specializes (laughs) a flimsy, just a marina. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I think they were a bit jealous and, uh. So imagine that oh, you've, wow. you've crashed. Is that true? And some, I didn't know that. A, an, oppo- an opposing team car runs over your was it, bike. Was it really Jake who did that? <laughs> oh, let's start a rumor. <laughs> well, they did drive a bus, in, bus into a bridge in the over thing one year. So, yeah, why not? <laughs> Can you believe that was yeah. 10 years ago? Was it really? The bus in, in, into, into the gantry. That was oh, 2013. It was in what? Corsica. Oh, I've been there. It was. They've I never think had Corsica. <laughs> Yeah, uh, can you believe it's I ten years? Ago? They've never know. had so much publicity. Yeah, I know. They still have yeah. best win. <laughs> oh my god, I'm getting old, Mike. I'm getting old. Well, look, uh, uh, if you've got something to tell us, uh, just uh, contact us through our social media, Matilda, uh, Hollywood, or myself. And thanks to Belinda and Rick, I really got a buzz when I received uh, those uh, messages. It's a, it's a People yeah, are listening. It's great. Well, look at the ratings, Mike. We saw the ratings were up fifty yep. percent on last year, and. We're, we're um, like we're in the top 50 most listened to podcasts for sport in Australia and there's yeah. hundreds. There's only 50 There's only no, 50 there's podcasts. Not. There's over 150. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're doing, a, we're punching above our weight for a uh, washed up uh, TV host. Uh, that's and me. T- that's and me. One aspiring washed young old, <laughs> young old pro and just one flog who knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we call the domestiques. We should be called the flogs. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, <laughs> hey, Hollywood. I've got a question for you. Yes. Do you think that Walt Van Aert should go to another team? Oh, I think he should go to Jayco. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh, look, I don't, mate. They're, they're gonna. Sorry, they're gonna need a lot more Saudi money to try yeah, to afford him. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. You, you often think like he sacrificed himself this year because we saw what he can do and what he's capable of. So, yeah, if I, if I was him, I would definitely. But which team? That's a sixty-four million dollar question. Which team? Look, I just think Walt's got too much on his mind right now. His wife is about to drop a bundle, have a baby. Um, and he's not the Walt that we've come to to admire over the last few years. He's uh, He doesn't have to win stages. He's been there and done that. He's got a, a much bigger prize waiting for him at home. 
Mm. Oh, it's a, it's his and, second and kid. Said, that second children yeah. mean nothing. And what what, well, what exactly. is the da- what is the dad meant? What <laughs> yeah. is the dad meant to do in those in those first few days? Yeah, Richie, honestly. Richie, Richie, as you said earlier, before Matilda, Richie stayed to the end when he, when yeah, yeah when yeah. Gemma got was him pregnant. Got third place. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. man up, man um, up, well. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Um, I think also what we're going to keep seeing as well, gosh, uh, Yumbo got a lot of help today, didn't they, on the mm. GC? You know, I think I think as a team, even though Jonas had expended a lot of energy, they really didn't have to do much today. I think Sepkus, who I think is the absolute best dom- oh, domestic, good, I know it? we've talked about what, well, but Sepkus, like how he has done what he did at the Duro, pretty much one helped that one stage where um, – you know, Rodgelik almost fell off the wagon, and um, but he he rode him back into in, in into contention, and then to be at the tour and to be riding as well as he is, you know, I think he probably has some of the biggest days coming up. Um, so yeah, I think I think Yumbo as a team are looking really good, uh, but yeah, I think um, I think a lot of these second like to see teams fighting for tenth and ninth today mm. on GC, it was, you know, they must have been laughing to themselves in the Yumbo on the Yumbo radio. But it just shows you like for people who don't really know cycling they think it's an individual sport it is such a team sport at, at that high level at the Tour de France if you don't have a strong team working for you like you you'll be exposed like a strong team is so important mm, yeah mm, absolutely mm. all right if there's nothing else tell us have you got any other tidbits you'd like to share with us uh not really like i'm still really looking mm. forward to trying to see a few other riders we haven't seen yet like fred wright magnus court i i do believe ben o'connor will take a stage hopefully um binny gamai we haven't really seen come to the forefront so pitcock. yeah i think a lot a lot mm, of yes. these second tier but the issue is pitcock is too close he's he needs yeah. to back out he needs to he needs to drop another five minutes uh and then and then win a stage but it's weird like i think they're they're gonna have to choose either to go all in for carlos rodriguez and go for that third split um third place but i think the person who's under the most pressure is actually jai hinley uh, over the, over this next period, the mm. amount of um, really? teams what? that are just behind him. Yeah, exactly. Well, just because mm. like it, there's no way these teams and, and individual GC riders can take one or two unless Jonas or Taddy pull out. But I think they smell blood in um, in Jai, um, particularly some of the time he's lost in the last few mountain stages. And that will be a win for some of these teams. Like uh, Ineos can't go home from a Tour de France having not won a stage and not be on the podium. That is an absolute mm. fail for a team with one of the biggest budgets in the world. So yep. there's still a lot of teams here who have not achieved their objectives. Um, Jayco, I'd say, yeah, the same Hollywood. Yep. Like they'll need to have a win. And if they then get in the top GC, um, top ten GC, I think that is on par for them. But they do have to. Well, win I, po- stage. I pose you this question: If you were a, a team like say Jaco, what would you rather? Would you rather finish fifth on GC, or would you rather finish twentieth on GC and win a stage? I think the latter. Yeah, I'm. I'm I the same. Think anyone, I agree. I, I, no one remembers who remember finished who fifth got, exactly. <laughs> I don't remember who got fifth last year, but I remember them winning a stage. And as you open with Hollywood, it's such a good call. Is that last year they were chasing mm. stages and they got close so many times. So they got second a lot. And then they had that win with Bling, which was just oh, huge. Massive. Where 
Yeah, I think I think they're not going to give up though on trying to get that potential third you're, spot you're, because Adam, yeah, Adam Yates is going to have to go out the back and and help um, Tade at some point, so that gets him up into the sort of the top five six, and then yeah, you'd yeah, rather you'd rather there. win a stage. You remember the stage like you remember Simon Clark's epic win. You re, you remember Matthews, mm. but you don't remember who finished seventh or eighth at the tour last year, and you sort of don't mm. care. Mm. And to have um, Israel and, you know, Kofidis and some other teams outperforming exactly. these bigger teams at the moment, um, you know, the pressure's on. Yeah. Good stuff. Absolutely great chatter. Oh, I can't uh, wait for the weekend day. Eh? Yeah. Can't oh, wait for the weekend. Yeah, 13 in showers in Melbourne tomorrow. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, tw- it's 24 and sunny here in uh, Sydney. Uh, but you're in Sydney, yeah, exactly. so. <laughs> best best place in the world. Hey, listen, I'm just going out to buy a croissant and a baguette and uh, enjoy the July the 14th. All right, all right. you have a good time, too, guys. Happy Bastille Day. See you guys later. Enjoy, Bye, everyone. Bye. See you soon. The domestics by Black Sheep Sideman.